Jesus Christ is the Lord of glory. He went to the cross of Calvary as a living sacrifice, a sacrifice that would destroy Satan's stranglehold on the sons and daughters of Adam, a sacrifice to decimate Satan's argument laid out in Job 1 and 2, to shatter the thick chains of sin and death, and to give those who believe the power to become the children of God. John chapter 1, verses 11 through 13. He came unto his own, and his own received him not. But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name, which were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. Speaking of this glorious Savior, Acts chapter 4, 11 and 12 reads, This is the stone which was set at naught of you builders, which is become the head of the corner. Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men, whereby we must be saved. Dear visitor, have you yet to be born again, as Jesus declares in John 3, 3? Imagine. For you, today could be the beginning of a brand new magnificent journey through the remainder of your life and on to the other side, where there is a new heaven and a new earth that defies description. The Bible advertises and reveals small glimpses of this blessed hope in numerous passages. A few excellent verses in Revelation belong to the born again. Revelation 21, 1 through 5. And I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth were passed away, and there was no more sea. And I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people, and God himself shall be with them and be their God. And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes, and there shall be no more death, neither sorrow nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. And he that sat upon the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. And he said unto me, Write, for these words are true and faithful. Revelation 22, 1 through 5. And he showed me a pure river of water of life, clear as crystal, proceeding out of the throne of God and of the Lamb. In the midst of the street of it, and on either side of the river, was there the tree of life, which bare twelve manner of fruits, and yielded her fruit every month. And the leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. And there shall be no more curse, but the throne of God and of the Lamb shall be in it, and his servants shall serve him. And they shall see his face, and his name shall be in their foreheads. And there shall be no night there, and they need no candle, neither light of the sun. For the Lord God giveth them light, and they shall reign forever and ever. Don't you want to go? Will today be the day your name is recorded in the Lamb's book of life? Today all your sin and its shame will be washed away, even its guilt. Today all of Satan's bondages in your life will be broken, every single one. If you follow me in this simple prompt, everything for you will begin brand new. Today, your eternal soul is in your own personal hand. Are you ready? Here we go. 
click on the Further with Jesus for childlike instructions and immediate entry into the kingdom of God. Now for today's subject. God said, Exodus chapter 16, verse 8 and 12 through 15. And Moses said, This shall be when the Lord shall give you in the evening flesh to eat, and in the morning bread to the full, for that the Lord heareth your murmurings, which ye murmur against him. And what are we? Your murmurings are not against us, but against the Lord. I have heard the murmurings of the children of Israel speak unto them, saying, At even ye shall eat flesh, and in the morning ye shall be filled with bread, and ye shall know that I am the Lord your God. And it came to pass that at even the quails came up and covered the camp, and in the morning the dew lay round about the host. And when the dew that lay was gone up, behold, upon the face of the wilderness there lay a small round thing, as small as the hoarfrost on the ground. And when the children of Israel saw it, they said one to another, It is manna, for they wist not what it was. And Moses said unto them, This is the bread which the Lord hath given you to eat. God said, Psalms 19, 9, 10, and 11, The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. More to be desired are they than gold, yea, than much fine gold. Sweeter also than honey and the honeycomb. Moreover, by them is thy servant warned, and in keeping of them there is great reward. Man said, I've come to the conclusion that today's science has all the answers I need, so who needs God? Now the record. Welcome to God Said, Man Said, feature 1002, that will once again confirm the supernatural authorship and inerrancy of the Holy Bible. All of these powerful, faith-building features are archived here in text and streaming audio for your edification and as a great light to shine upon those who sit in darkness. Every Thursday Eve, God willing, they grow by one. Thank you for coming. May God fill your heart with faith that worketh by love. God said, man said, has certified by highly credible, third-party sources, a multitude of the great and miraculous pronouncements in the Word of God. Be sure there are many more revelations to come as the Holy Ghost reveals them. Every week comes with high expectation. The reasons behind all of God's commandments and precepts often escape common understanding, but by faith we know they are true because God said so, and we obey them. Often the answers come as we seek His face, and some answers will await us on the other side. In our personal lives, heavy questions will arise in life-and-death circumstances that challenge the very root of our faith. But remember, God said, All things work together for our good. Romans 8.28 Jesus also said in Luke 21.19, In your patience possess ye your souls. Many years ago, by the world's measurements, my wife Connie, our children, and I were in terrible financial straits. We were, and still are, in the advertising and publishing business, and what was once the steel capital of America and the world, but at that time, steel companies fell on hard times and were folding rapidly. Many professional and national merchants left town in response. Times were tough. 
We worked very long hours year after year, but more debt than reward was our result. I knew we were in the will of God, and as priests and kings in Christ Jesus, I refused to acknowledge the poverty that the world saw, but that confession of faith was soon to be tested. I should note that central to our labors was the promotion of the gospel of Jesus Christ. When walking in faith, you must discover that you are living in a contradiction. What you believe and what you see will quite often not be one and the same. On this particular day, I went to pick up my automobile, which was being serviced at the garage, and found that the bank had repossessed my vehicle. I was back one payment, and the next was due. I was in outside sales, and that vehicle was not optional. Somehow, miraculously, we scraped up a car payment. I went down to the bank, and they released my car. About the same time, we fell three months behind on our house payments, which is about the time when the bank begins to serve eviction notices. There was no earthly hope for deliverance. My wife and I sought the face of God but received no answer. I recall the morning I got before the Lord where I met with Him every day, and there I pled my case. I knew that unless the Lord intervened, my wife, my young children, and I would be homeless, or at least a heavy burden to family who would take us in. I put all my affairs in God's hands and went about my business. The circumstance that followed was a make-or-break one. Several days after that morning meeting with God, my family and I were returning home from a Sunday evening service, and we were greeted by quite a shock. The doors of our home were swung wide open, and every light in the home was on. Burglars had visited our home. I told Connie and the children to stay in the car and headed into the house in a fury, hoping to find someone there. The burglars were gone, having ransacked the place in search of money and merchandise, of which there was very little to find. Chests of drawers, their contents and clothing were strewn everywhere. I was foolishly wondering why, why uh, while I was serving God at his house, he had left mine unattended. I called the police, and my dark mindset continued for a minute or two, until the Lord rebuked me and instructed me to put on Romans 8.28. I acknowledged my error, repented of my foolishness, and did exactly as he instructed. Immediately, that dark spirit was broken. Somehow, the destitute state we were in would work to our good. Romans 8.28, and we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to, who, to them who are the called according to his purpose. You have to put it on. Wear it. The only real things of value the burglars absconded with was a small TV and two reel-to-reel -reel tape recorders I used to produce a 30-minute sermon which we aired on the radio. We informed the bank and the insurance company of the damages and losses. If memory serves, the amount of insurance company paid uh, money paid was just shy of $8,000 in 1984 money which translates to just under $20,000 in 2020 money. You would think the bank would have taken the cash off of the front end of the loan and satisfied our three delinquent payments, but instead they took it off the back end of the loan. The bank's foreclosure position improved nicely, but we were still candidates for eviction. We were still 90 days in arrears. The dark financial clouds only thickened. 
Our offices, which housed a sales team and a composition photographic department, were in the basement of a professional building. Somehow, conveniently, at the top of the steps to our office was a financial company that specialized in high-interest loans to people with questionable credit. We had already borrowed from them all that we could in order to pay employee wages. When God is ordering steps, things just so conveniently happen. Connie was coming into work, and a gentleman from the finance company engaged her in conversation. In that conversation, the issue of the burglary arose. Unbeknownst to us, the finance company had also insured the house, which was a shock. It was an equal shock when they paid nearly $8,000 in 1984 money to us directly. This basically cleared all our personal debt, including back house and car payments. We rejoiced in the Lord and the power of His might. Romans 8.28 was true. All things work together for our good, even the burglars. Unfortunately for the burglars, their reward was a paltry return from fenced goods and prison time. That was fantastic, wasn't it? But it didn't stop there. Because the burglars had stolen my reel-to-reel recorders, I was forced to go to the radio station early Sunday mornings and live broadcast the Trumpet of the Lord radio show. The entire radio station staff on early Sunday mornings was one. The young man would cue up the system, flip the switch, and I would begin to preach as he monitored technical things. That young man was exposed to the gospel week after week, and we also became good friends. He furthered his broadcasting career to become a major radio personality on the very first commercial radio station in the world, KDKA. In those early days, I affectionately dubbed him the Voice of Pittsburgh. He still remains a major radio personality, too. To this day, he invites me to be a guest on his show once or twice a year, where I address various subjects, and he always aggressively promotes the God said, man said ministry, which means eternal souls for Christ. My family's situation was bleak. The promises just weren't working, but that was only the appearance of the contradiction. God was ordering our steps. When God gives a commandment, obey. Behind the scenes, he is orchestrating a blessing. Things are happening even at a microscopic level to bring the past that which he has purposed. Isaiah fifty-five eleven. So shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper in the things whereto I sent it. We obey not because we know all the reasons why we should, but because God said so. Because his words are the inerrant truth, obeying his directives yields the blessings of obedience. Disobeying perfect instructions yields the curse of doing the wrong thing. God does not do magic. Proverbs 3.19 The Lord by wisdom hath founded the earth by understanding hath he established the heavens. Proverbs 2, 6, For the Lord giveth wisdom, out of his mouth cometh knowledge and understanding. If knowledge is power, and it is, then all knowledge is almighty power, and that is a he, the God of holy scriptures. This feature will demonstrate 
the wondrous hidden blessings of obedience. Several quick examples will set the table and bring us to today's latest discoveries that again certify God's inerrant word. Example, the children of Israel were commanded to observe the Passover, Exodus chapter 12, in a particular season, spring, and on a particular day, which was followed by the seven-day feast of unleavened bread. The Hebrews were not aware that the diet they were required to observe would be the remedy prescribed by today's physicians to control human yeast infections, and that their annual observance would keep the yeast imbalance in check. Numerous blessings are found in the Passover that today's medical science is just beginning to understand, but the secret benefits were always enjoyed by the obedient. Example, God lays out very strict dietary laws in His Word. It is true that the New Testament believer can sanctify his food with the prayer of faith, but please keep in mind that 99% of the world cannot. Remember, too, that the biology of man and beast have not changed from the Old to the New Testament. I personally follow a simple policy. If I am invited to your house for dinner, I will pray with you and sanctify whatever you serve. But when I am spending my own money, I strive to adhere to the creator of biology's dietary laws. Consider Leviticus 11, 2 and 3, and verses 7 and 8. Speak unto the children of Israel, saying, these are the beasts which ye shall eat among all the beasts that are on the earth. Whatsoever parteth the hoof, and is cloven-footed, and cheweth the cud, among the beasts that shall ye eat. And the swine, though he divide the hoof, and be cloven-footed, yet he cheweth not the cud, he is unclean to you. Of their flesh shall ye not eat, and their carcass shall ye not touch. They are unclean to you. Leviticus eleven thirteen and 19. And these are they which ye shall have in abomination among the fowls. They shall not be eaten. They are an abomination. The eagle and the osprey and the osprey and the stork, the heron after her kind and the lapwing and the bat. The heathen cultures regularly partook of the unclean creatures, but Israel was commanded to abstain. Was God's word correct? The myriad problems of handling and eating unclean creatures is breathtaking, but let it suffice it to say, swine flu derived from pigs and COVID-19 derived from bats. God's word commands not to eat or even to touch these unclean creatures. God's people would not have known the secret benefits hidden in the commandment, but they always enjoyed the blessings of obedience. Example, Psalms chapter 1, verse 2. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. The redeemed are directed to meditate on God and his word a host of times in the scriptures. The meditating saint is probably not aware that when asked how to unlock savant-like skills, research psychologists responded to meditate. Obeying God's word releases secret benefits of obedience. The secret benefits of obedience are abundant. A very popular feature on God Said, Man Said is the perfect diet updated. Excerpts from that feature follow. God spends a considerable amount of time in the Bible giving instructions concerning diet. The food and drink we consume, which dictates much of basic health, also has a direct effect on human behavior for good and bad. 
Think of alcoholic beverages or drugs, for example. There is a type of spiritual umbilical cord that connects body to spirit. If one stops eating and drinking, the spirit of life will soon leave the body. This idea is serious business, and God spends a considerable amount of time dealing with what we eat, how we eat, and even when we eat. Many God-said, man-said features deal with diet, and it is an excellent platform from which to prove biblical inerrancy. Man's science has also spent a considerable amount of time instructing us about diet, and many times its counsel is in direct contradiction to God's Word. The results of man's disregard shows up in medical statistics and, yes, even in his flesh. Today, much of the world, and in particular the United States, is dealing with obesity. The diet industry is bustling. Various Bible diets are alluded to scripturally, but one in particular— was given to the Israelites during their arduous 40-year trek excuse me, through the wilderness. A staple of that diet was manna, also known as the bread of heaven. It should be understood that this manna was a superior product, but God compares it to bread. This feature updates the perfect diet. The following paragraphs are from that article. King David in the book of Psalms, 1828, For thou wilt light my candle, the Lord my God will enlighten my darkness. God's word is a lamp unto our feet, and those who reject it are so woefully lost. I know of no subject that God's word does not address. Can you imagine that even the perfect diet is prescribed for the active daily life? God said, Exodus 16, verse 8, And Moses said, This shall be when the Lord shall give you in the evening flesh to eat, and in the morning bread to the fool, for that the Lord heareth your murmurings, which ye murmur against him, and what are we? Your murmurings are not against us, but against the Lord. Every morning, except on the Sabbath, God rained down bread from heaven that the Israelites called manna. He instructed them to eat it to the fool in the morning. By the time the sun waxed hot, all that had not been gathered melted. Each man was directed to gather one omer, which is equivalent to 2.08 quarts. They were to eat what God called bread or the corn of heaven until they were full, and the eating was to be done in the morning, so Israel started with a breakfast very high in carbohydrates. Carbohydrates are major energy sources. This was the energy necessary to sustain a highly active day. Many sportsmen, will eat a high-carbohydrate meal prior to competition to supply the high energy level needed to perform. In the evening, the children of Israel were given flesh to eat, a major source of protein. The flesh they ate was wild quail. This high-protein meat would supply the necessary protein to rebuild the body during a restful night of sleep. This was God's perfect diet for a high-demand lifestyle. Other staples in this diet would have included olive oil and honey and plenty of water, etc. R. Fagan, one of the authors of Natural Hormonal Enhancement, had some instructions concerning the intake of carbohydrates. One thing to remember is that carbs are converted into sugar in your system, which makes it a high-energy source. Fagan said that when eating a high-carbohydrate meal for optimum benefit— Aim for at least 70% of the carbs to be of a starchy variety such as potatoes, pasta, rice, beans, and oatmeal versus a sugary food. God's manna from heaven was a bread which was by name would be a starchy carb and which the Bible said had the taste of fresh oil. 
The Israelites ground it in mills or beat it in a mortar, baked it in pans, and made it into cakes. Note that God's A.M. mill was carbohydrates. In the evening, God sent fowl for their evening meal, their main source of protein. Protein is the main ingredient in the building material that makes up the cells of our body, which includes the genes, the brain, the immune system, and enzymes that catalyze every bodily function. The protein that the Hebrew children ate in the evening went to work rebuilding their depleted bodies while they slept. It must be noted that God separated the eating of the carbohydrates and the eating of protein from the morning until evening. The following is from Fagan's book, Natural Hormonal Enhancement. However, existing research indicates that protein and carbohydrates don't mix well. In small to moderate quantities, a mixed protein-carb meal does not pose problems for most people. In large quantities, though, carbs plus protein can impede digestion and elimination and cause gastrointestinal distress, end quote. Remember, God's direction was to eat carbohydrates to the full in the morning and flesh in the evening. Incorrect food combinations can cause physical problems, and in Israel's diet, God gave instructions in this regard. The special diet given to Israel was how the children of Israel ate while traveling through the wilderness for 40 years. God's Word is perfect in wisdom and purpose. That purpose is that we would know Him through His only begotten Son, Christ Jesus, the Savior of all who will call on Him. Thousands of years before science even sniffed at comprehending the subject, God gives perfect instruction in His Word. Just one more proof of God and His inerrant Word found in the Holy Bible. End quote. The children of faith take God's directive seriously and they enjoy the results of their obedience. Certainly there were other ingredients to the wilderness diet, and such as what they drank, but the two primary ingredients were manna and quail. When God places his imprimatur on something, wise men and women take heed. End of quotes. Today, new science has uncovered additional secret benefits of obedience, and they are surprising. Intermittent fasting, who would have known? When Israel was instructed to eat twice a day in their arduous trek through the wilderness, which is intermittent fasting, all of the secret benefits of obeying God's instructions were not known. But that was then. The headline in mdlinks.com reads, Here's how intermittent fasting can be safe and effective. Excerpts follow. Intermittent fasting restricts caloric intake for a set number of hours or days and focuses on when you, you eat instead of what you eat and how much. One popular version recommends fasting for two non-consecutive days each week. Another suggests alternate days of fasting. Others prescribe so-called time-restricted feeding or limited eating to a daily block of time lapsing anywhere from 8 to 12 hours. Although Dr. Tello, author of the newly published book, Healthy Habits for Your Heart, remains convinced that intermittent fasting is a good choice for people who already eat a healthy diet but still can't lose weight, she cautioned that it isn't for everyone. People who are already on diabetes medications, pills or insulin, shouldn't fast without the supervision of their doctor because the risk of dangerously low blood sugars is real. 
if they take their meds and they don't eat, they can uh, become hyperglycemic. The other kind of patient who should approach intermittent fasting warily is someone with a history of anorexia, bulimia, or binge eating, end of quote. Is intermittent fasting safe for older adults? Asked the April 2020 feature published by Harvard Health Publishing. Select paragraphs follow. What is intermittent fasting? Intermittent fasting restricts when or how much you eat and sometimes both. There are several approaches. In alternate day fasting, you eat normally every other day. On days in between, you eat just 25% of your daily calorie needs in one meal. So if you consume 1,800 calories on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, you'd eat a 450-calorie meal and nothing else on Tuesday, Thursday, and Saturday. In the 5-2 approach, you eat normally for five days in a row. Then for two days in a row, you eat just 400 to 500 calories per day. In the 16-8 approach, each day is the same. You fast 16 hours in a row, then eat normally within an eight-hour period, like between 9 a.m. and 5 p.m. The benefits of intermittent fasting seem to affect many aspects of health. These effects could theoretically result from the flipping of a metabolic switch. Fasting leads to lower levels of glucose, blood sugar. In response, the body uses fat instead of glucose as a source of energy after turning the fat into ketones, explains registered dietitian Kathy McManus, director of the Department of Nutrition at Harvard-affiliated Brigham and Women's Hospital. This shift from glucose to ketones as a source of energy also changes body chemistry in healthy ways. Regular fasting in animals is associated not only with weight loss, but also with lower blood pressure and heart rate, reduced insulin resistance, lower bad LDL cholesterol levels, higher good HDL cholesterol levels, and less inflammation. Some studies also have found improved memory. Intermittent fasting is also associated with a longer lifespan, at least in animals. Why? Recent Harvard research suggests that intermittent fasting may allow the energy-producing enzymes, mitochondria, of each cell to produce energy more efficiently and remain in a more youthful state. While intermittent fasting shows promise, we don't have solid evidence about the benefits or how fasting might affect older adults. Human studies have looked mostly at small groups of younger, middle-aged adults for only short periods of time, end quote. The following excerpts are from a feature titled, Can Intermittent Fasting Reset Your Immune System? This feature was published by Forbes.com on January 6, 2020. Last week in a paper just published by the New England Journal of Medicine, Raphael DiCabo and Mark Matson reviewed multiple strategies of fasting that have been tested in the years since Longo's study. Note, Walter Longo and colleagues at USC reported in a 2014 study that fasting lowered white blood cell counts, triggering the immune system to start producing new white blood cells. The news continues to be very encouraging. Intermittent fasting is good for you. I don't have time or space here to discuss all the results, but I want to focus on one fasting strategy that has surprisingly good benefits. It turns out that you can get many of the benefits of fasting without doing a three-day fast, which for most people is really, really difficult to accomplish. Instead, you can try a much easier type of fasting called time-restricted fasting. 
With this strategy, you fast every day by eating all your food in a six-hour or eight-hour window, or you can go with the more difficult strategy, but still easier easier than a three-day fast, where you fast for two entire days per week. Here then are two intermittent fasting strategies that have similar health benefits. Time-restricted. Eat lunch starting at 12 noon and finish dinner by 8 p.m. Fast until the next day at noon. Do this every day. 5-2 fasting. Fast for two different days each week, which means eating just 500 to 700 calories worth of food and drink on those days. Eat normally on the other five days. The first strategy, a daily 16-hour fast, is the easiest but its benefits might be equal to those of a 5-2 fasting and a 3-day fast. No study has directly compared these three fasting regimens. The benefit of intermittent fasting are numerous, as DeCabo and Madsen explained. They include improvements in blood pressure, resting heart rate, levels of HDL and LDL cholesterol, triglycerides, glucose, and insulin resistance. In addition, intermittent fasting reduces markers of a systematic inflammation, and oxidative stress that are associated with arteriosclerosis. Furthermore, because intermittent fasting reduces inflammation, it may also improve symptoms of arthritis and even rheumatoid arthritis. Why does fasting work? It's all about getting your body to switch over from glucose metabolism to ketone metabolism. Our usual three-meal-a-day diet provides our body with a constant source of fuel in the form of glucose. Once that glucose is used up, though, our body uh, switches to using fatty acids and ketone bodies. Ketone bodies provide more than fuel, as DiCabo and Matson explain. Ketone bodies regulate the expression and activity of many proteins and molecules that are known to influence health and aging. Ketone metabolism seems to bring a host of health benefits. The trick is getting our bodies to switch over to it now and then. If we eat constantly, then our bodies happily subsist on glucose and never make the switch, end of quotes. When you walk in faith, you will recognize that the natural world stands in contradiction, but then that is what makes faith faith. The children of Israel didn't know the secret hidden benefits of obeying God's commandments, but in faith they observed them anyway. As a result, they enjoyed the beauty of God's unknown goodness. Intermittent fasting. Who knew? God's word is true and righteous altogether, a place to build a life that will last forever. God said Exodus chapter 16, verse 8, and then 12 through 15. And Moses said, This shall be when the Lord shall give you in the evening flesh to eat, and in the morning bread to the full, for that the Lord heareth your murmurings which ye murmur against him. And what are we? Your murmurings are not against us, but against the Lord. I have heard the murmurings of the children of Israel speak unto them, saying, At even ye shall eat flesh, and in the morning ye shall be filled with bread, and ye shall know that I am the Lord your God." And it came to pass that at even the quails came up and covered the camp, and in the morning the dew lay round about the host. And when the dew that lay was gone up, behold, upon the face of the wilderness there lay a small round thing, as small as the hoarfrost on the ground. And when the children of Israel saw it, they said one to another, It is manna, for they wist not what it was. 
And Moses said unto them, This is the bread which the Lord hath given you to eat. God said, Psalms 19, 9 through 11, The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. More to be desired are they than gold, yea, than much fine gold, sweeter also than honey and the honeycomb. Moreover, by them is thy servant warned, and in keeping of them there is great reward. Man said, I've come to the conclusion that today's science has all the answers I need, so who needs God? Now you have the record.